0: Welcome to Mike's Side. I'm your host, Larry Dowdy. Mike's Side is a podcast where I get a chance to share time with familiar names and faces, giving you an opportunity to get to know them better. Let me tell you about today's guest. I first interviewed this gentleman several years ago after mutual friend Tom Rush from Travel Lovers in Lynchburg hooked us up. And what an honor it is, once again, to talk with author and motivational speaker with a stint in the entertainment industry. Doug Cox, welcome to the Mic Side Podcast. Before we get to the book, Sunlight and Shadows, and your motivational speaking travels, uh, tell our podcast audience About your time in the entertainment industry and, and, well, you're actually a program director of KRLA in Southern California, right? That is
1: correct. And I tell you, Larry, that's the most incredible thing, as you know. A radio station is, uh, is a magnet for artists and creative people of creative genius. And so, you know, on any given day, you could be having lunch with the Four Seasons and And afternoon, a glass of wine across at the hotel out of the studio with Ray Charles, you know, you just never know. It's wonderful. And um, I love your radio voice, by the way. I was so glad to have you call in and say howdy this morning. I always go, man, I wish (laughs) I sounded like you.
0: Well, I, I don't believe there are too many folks there in your neck of the woods today that say howdy. <laughs> well, that it, it's We're a good start. It really is. Well, I tell you what, we could probably talk radio all day, but yeah. I do want to talk a little bit about your your new book, uh, Sunlight and Shadows. When it comes to sunlight and shadows, Doug, uh, you talk about <laughs> extraterrestrials in your neighborhood, uh, the best Harry Nielsen song. You know, I, I, I just... As I was picking up this book, it's a comfort read to me. Uh, Sunlight and shadows just it—it seems to make the most of a day, wouldn't you say? Well,
1: good for you. And the answer is yes. And the one thing I hear come back quite often from this book, from strangers and friends alike, is that they—it's just kind of a guide to living and having fun in the midst of it all, and because. That's what I'm doing. I don't think I've ever taught anybody anything, but I certainly can say that we have shared a lot. And, um, you know, I loved Harry Nelson. You asked about entertainment. I only recorded actually one album, which I kind of wrote and produced. And Harry just loved my album. And he wrote the liner notes for the back of it. It was pretty neat. It's not a big deal for your readers, listeners, but it's a, But it was a wonderful thing to make that album and then to have a guy like Harry Nilsson write about me. K.P. Rag was the recording name, and uh, so you never know.
0: <laughs> well, and, and two, I mean, Harry Nilsson, his music was just all over the place. I mean, you think of Coconut, you think of Everybody's Talking, and then you get to a song, uh, Jump Into the Fire.
1: Oh, he was just a most wonderful guy to be around. And I was lucky and honored to, to have a friendship with Harry that brought him to writing the liner notes on the book. But gosh, he was just an incredible guy. And I always love and will always love hearing him saying, my old desk doesn't arabesque. And I go, Who in the world would write
0: that? But Harry Nelson. And you mentioned uh, other uh, musical groups in this this book, Sunlight and Shadows. Uh, Would you share your story about uh, Get Together by the Youngbloods? Come on, keep them out. Smile
1: on your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another. Oh, gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Let me just put the cherry on the cake right (laughs) now before we go and say that two or three nights ago, my wife and I were watching a television show and one of the commercials came on and it was The Gap. And The Gap commercial is a beautiful, slow jazz R&B version of Get Together. And I just thought, here I picked this song Mm -hmm. so many years ago. When I heard the song, I think I first heard it in 1969, and I just thought it was such an important song then, and I thought maybe it would be forever, and I loved writing this story in the book because... I put the song on the radio uh, against the general manager's wishes, and he said, you know, nobody knows the young bloods And I said, it's not about that. It's about what our station stands for. Mm-hmm. And then I got all our guys together, including Casey Kasem and everybody, and said, guys, let's give this a ride. This is a worthy lyric. And so, by golly, they got on with it, and as I wrote in the book, I asked our general manager, who was a crusty old World War II vet, and he listened to it, which is all I asked him to do, and then I said, give me a chance if you think I'm right about this lyric, and he said, okay, stay with it. Well, it took nine months for somebody to go out and buy a copy, and then slowly but surely it became the song that we know now. But the lyrics were so incredible. Chet Helms wrote the song, of course, but when it came to the line that said, we are but a moment's sunlight fading in the grass, man, the hair of my arm stood up, and I knew I wanted to write about that to keep it going.
0: Well, and, and you know, it, it possibly could have been the fact that when the Youngbloods came out with this particular song to get together, uh, it was the competition that maybe held them back.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true. I mean, there was so much good music from Sly and the Family Stone to Young Rascals to Charles Lloyd, the great jazz musician. All these, all these things were being played at the time, and it took a while for it to catch some ground. But boy, when it did, of course, it was a big hit, and it's still a hit today. When people want to advertise something and touch your heart, they choose this song. So we're lucky.
0: Isn't it amazing how uh, advertising today... Uh, keeps going back to that 60s and 70s era to use music in their ads to sell things.
1: Well, it's wise when you go back and look at music, and I do enjoy some of the music today very much, when I look back at that, all of those songs said something. And today that's not of great import when somebody's listening to a song. And having been in radio when I was, Larry, I... I love the fact that they spoke to us those songs.
0: Yeah, I use the example today of a Bill Withers song, uh, "Lovely Day." It it wasn't that big of a hit at the time, but th- today you hear that song everywhere, and you you don't dare not notice it. Yes,
1: well, it's true, and you and I both know that when we were when I was doing radio, you've just finished a fine a fine run in radio. But we, we learned that a song longer than four minutes was not applicable to your station. Right. And, you know, I had to fight and scratch and bite. And finally, I said to those guys, look, the people that buy these long songs, they, they call them big records. They were LPs. They were the big records. <laughs> yeah. so they would say, you know, well, we need to play these small records because they're short. and We can get a lot more on there. And I said, yeah, but. You want to sell advertising. The people that buy and spend the most money are people that also buy these big records with long songs from Gordon Lightfoot in Chicago. And, you know, it's a beautiful day. And so eventually we broke through and we did it at KRLA on the weekends. And when the ratings started to race up by doing it, we were able to do it quite often during the week. So exciting.
0: Oh, yes, and, and, and great stories, and thank you for sharing them. And I want to get back to Sunlight and Shadows in a second, but I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, you and your motivational speaking because there was a time you decided, well, I'm going to get out of the broadcasting industry, go into motivational speaking. How did you know motivational speaking was for Doug Cox?
1: Well, it's a good question. First of all, Larry, I knew when I was a little kid that I, if I had to get up in front of people and speak, I would definitely wet my pants. (laughs) So that was very clear to me, as it is to many people around the world. Um, But slowly but surely, in communicating, strangely enough, with my alcoholic mother, I kept struggling to find a way to say, I love you, and to cause that busy alcoholic mind of hers to slow down and hear it i wanted her to hear it before she left the earth and i worked and worked on that and so slowly but surely i would go out and do stuff actually it was a carol a that i spoke um to a sales group from sears roebuck and i went in there absolutely terrified and hal matthews the guy that supported me in my airplay of uh The the Youngbloods said, you got to talk to these people and tell them what you're doing with the station because I don't understand. And so that was my very first. And I forgive me, but I don't call it motivation. I've never enjoyed motivational speakers. They come in and tell you what to do. And that's never been good for me as a cowboy. I'm an inspirational trainer. There's something inside you. It's already there. And my job somehow is to light that on fire between us to share what we know and what we have. So I went in and talked to those guys about our radio station and what we plan to do. And I put a good close on it saying you could buy that time on KRLA back in those days for $19.50 a minute. And I said, in exactly 90 days with this new guy on the air that I've got, Casey Kasem, you're going to be paying $119 a minute, and that's a big saving. So I get in on that train today. Well, they all clapped and bought a lot of radio time, and in the car going back, my boss, Hal, said, you you are really good and i said well I lucky i packed an extra pair of undies
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: that was the beginning of it and then of course i've had the gift of speaking all around the world and how you and i how you and i eventually met was through a friend that i met in the professional beauty industry mm-hmm. where i spent 24 wonderful years with the red Pen company and worked with paul mitchell on all those and So that's kind of me. That's the story, and that's how it came about.
0: Well, I'll tell you, I'm uh, I'm so thankful for my friend Tom Rush for introducing us. Uh, We've never met in person, which I hope one day we will. But just uh, talking to you, I feel like we've known each other for years.
1: I I agree. And I love, like I said, I really love that beautiful voice of yours, and um, and I love the stories that Tom tells about you. And I promise you, we will meet. That would be a great joy.
0: Oh, indeed, indeed. Uh, well, I know in your books, Doug, uh, you always talk about Doug's Mountain. Now, do you yeah. own a mountain, or did you get the nickname because it's one of your favorite escapes?
1: Well, uh, uh, all of the, half of the above. <laughs> I, do not, I do not own the mountain. The mountain is owned by Henderson and by this group of homes, McDonnell Ranch, where we are. But outside my window, if I look out to starboard right now, that mountain is up above our home. And I try to climb that little rascal every every day and keep myself in good health.
0: Is part of the excitement of climbing Doug's Mountain the fact that you see something new or you take in something new every day that leaves an impression with you
1: it's a wonderful question the answer is absolutely there's always something there and i I truly love it and there is something new every day and it's all five senses larry you see it you smell it you taste it man you live it you walk on it it's it's a wonderful gift and it it's a great church up there
0: sounds like the perfect place of peace uh reflection and a chance for you to think about how do I move forward today? Yes.
1: And and from there, you know, it looks out over the whole valley, the town of Las Vegas, which I have come to just adore coming here from Carmel, mm-hmm. California. People said, you know, hey, man, I can't believe you're leaving Carmel, California to come over here. And I said, hey, have you ever seen my wife? <laughs> or she's the reason I came here. And she had been here some years before I got here. She loves this place. And we love the people. They, you know, there are more fully formed mountain ranges in Nevada than any other state. There's a, I just did one of my blogs uh, up above 8,000 feet in the sheep range yesterday. That's going to go out probably tonight. And, and just walking up in those mountains, people go, well, you know, at Las Vegas, that's a godforsaken place. And I just want to say how long and blind you can be. It's beautiful here.
0: You know, Doug, there could be something wrong about saying what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Maybe Vegas needs to share it with the world.
1: <laughs> well, I think people find out. And, you know, we've obviously been hit pretty hard by the pandemic. So many of our people serve others and so many of them do it so graciously and so well. Um, that we look forward to opening up and it's opening up now and people are coming back and the number of airplanes in the sky above our city have doubled. So we're doing good and we're doing it right.
0: That's great to hear. Uh, Doug, tell our podcast listeners about sunlight and shadows. I I, I don't know what it is, but there, there's just something about your words on a page that has a, a calming effect, especially during this COVID craziness.
1: Well, you're kind to ask, and I love it, and I I believe, Larry, that these stories truly come not out of my head, but they come out of my heart. I've fallen in love with this little creature in the yard, or this person I saw on stage, or a piece of rock and roll history. As you know, George Harrison was a good friend, and I just loved him. And for me, he was the best Beatle. And I remember picking up the Bee Gees the first time they ever came to America when I worked for Atlantic Records and picking them up, flying across the country with these guys. And and I can say to this very day, they were the kindest, most gentle, inspired artists that I ever worked with and traveled with, the Bee Gees. And they still are to this day just wonderful, those who remain among us. And all of those things affected me to the point that I wrote about them in Sunlight and Shadows. And I know my kids have always said, Jeepers, Dad, don't you ever get down. Well, uh, I get melancholy. I get hurt like everybody else gets hurt. Sure. But I'm swimming out of it, man. The avalanche starts, you start swimming. You start late, you're going to be dead in that thing. So although I am hurt, I want to put in the title the fact that sunlight, which is where I live most of my life, and shadows, where I've been with the loss of a child and the loss of a grandson and all of those things, they're very important. And I think people look in these stories and go, hey, wait, that's me. And I hope that's so because I, I love being an individual, but I always want to be a part of you. And a part of your life, and the book was written
0: that way. You know, Doug, as you mentioned that, I, I I just did a flashback of one of your chapters where you mentioned Ansel Adams, the photographer in the book, and the way yes. you explain it, uh, shadows were important to him, and obviously these shadows are important to you.
1: Yes, sir. It's true. Great photographer. Wonderful.
0: Doug Cox. In closing, uh, what do you want folks to know? about Douglas A. Cox, the author of Sunlight and Shadows?
1: Well, it's fun to know something that you probably don't know. Um, And I I love my children. Three of them are adopted. And there's something special. In my audiences, I will often ask the audience to write, whether it's 2,000 people or 12, I want you to write something on that little card. And the thing I want you to write most of all is, tell me something special about you. And when someone runs up on stage and says to me, tell me something special about you, my answer is, I adopted three kids. And to me, that's very special.
0: Wow. And it sounds like living your life every day is special, uh, whether it's an over-the-top moment or just an average day. Average days count, too.
1: Oh, yeah, they do for sure. I love it. You're right.
0: Hey, Doug, you have a website. I know Uh, you have several books. How can folks learn more about you and get their hands on Sunlight and Shadows?
1: Well, Sunlight and Shadows is on Amazon. So the best thing to do is just put in that title and Doug Cox, Amazon.com, and they'll, they'll tell you how to get the book if you want. And, and I appreciate your asking.
0: And I thank you for being uh, on our podcast, Larry Dowdy, Mike's side. Uh, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just always, every time we chat, I hear about you and the footprint you have left here on Earth. But you know what? Uh, no matter how big or small the stories are, we're all leaving a footprint, and you're making the most of it, my friend.
1: Thanks, buddy. I love you, and I can't wait to talk again.
0: Thank you for listening to Larry Doughty, Mike Side. This podcast is available on anchor.fm slash Larry-Doughty, Apple Podcast, iTunes Desktop, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. If you like Mike Side, click on subscribe. And if you like this podcast, leave a review. I hope you'll join me and my guests next time for Larry Doughty, Mike Side. See you then.